I just have this meme pictured in my in my mind, and it's like Coach Rusty after successfully pulling off a trick shot show, and then it's the Michael Jordan. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a new episode of Shank Happens. We've taken some time off. We've been traveling. We've been all over the place doing some really cool stuff. That's what we're going to be jumping in right into today. I'm joined by my good buddy Ryan, Coach Rusty. What's going on, man? What's up? Happy to be back. It was it was quite a bit of a long hiatus, but I like to think that we're kind of like on the tour schedule now. We're like those guys, like season's over, you know, take a little bit of a break and you know, we worked really hard. We grinded it out this year and, uh, you know, we broke top five in the golf podcast. So I figured, you know, end of the season, you know, we'll, we'll take a little break with them and, and just enjoy everything that's been going on and a lot been going on. A lot has been. And I guess one thing that I will say to those tuning in for this episode is that we're podcasters, I guess, and we have a top rated podcast and we're doing the best we can. But one thing that when we go to these events and we do stuff, whether we're together or we go independently, it's always best to just kind of like live in that moment, experience it. We had some really cool stuff that we're going to dive into today that if we were like, hey, we got to go get a podcast done right now, we would have missed out on some really cool and unique experiences. And so for us, I think that's going to be the the direction that we take where we might take a week or two off from a podcast if we're traveling and experiencing some cool stuff. But we're going to dive into it. We're going to tell those stories. We're never going to be a podcast that's like, Hey, let's give you an update on the event that just took place. Like that's what the golf channel is for. That's what golf digest does and all that stuff. Like that's not who we are, nor do we want to be that. So yeah, but we're back and I think we got some uh, pretty cool shit to dive into, man. I'm pumped. First things first, let's talk about the, uh, let's talk about the Jason days event, the brighter days foundation charity event. Yeah. So that was, uh, insane, man. So I, I'm glad. So Ryan and I both went to Columbus, Ohio and early part of September and actually flew on September 11th, which was kind of wild, but yeah, um, yeah, that was kind weird. of, dude, it's kind of, it's a third time. I think I've done that. And it's a, uh, it's eerie every time, but I went last year during COVID and it was a great event, made some great relationships, um, met some cool people, but it just wasn't, you know, I think at full speed, full throttle, just given all the restrictions, Ohio's kind of like split down the middle of everything that they do during COVID. But dude, this time around was incredible. Um, obviously, you got to be there, and dude, we had a freaking awesome time. They they support a variety of different charities in the Central Ohio region, and Jason obviously peak Jason Day on tours 2015, where he won the PGA Championship at Whistling Straits. Uh, I think he won four to five events that year. Uh, he's had some injuries since then, but still one of the stand up class act guys on tour moves the needle tremendously when he's out there playing and he's healthy. And it was pretty cool to just be there again, engaged with him, his family, his closest friends, and then all these sponsors and people who are helping benefit, you know, push him and push the cause. And, you know, it was cool to be out there with you and some of other of our buddies that were there as well. Yeah. I mean, the, the field was stacked. I mean, you had some big name celebrities, a lot of athletes and, um, just a lot of really, really good people. And I was, I was really impressed with, uh, you know, the Dublin area, the Columbus area. I've never actually been there. Um, and man, it, it, it was awesome. Like the economy seemed like it was thriving. Everything was clean. It kind of reminded me of Northern Virginia. It felt like home kind of. And mm -hmm. so, um, that, that course that it was held at uh, double Eagle. Oh my gosh. I mean, that what, what a facility. Yeah, it, that it was unreal. It's one of those places where when, when you get there, it's like, 
all right, I'm going to tuck my shirt in, you know, just because <laughs> I'm going to do it. I, it's it's going to I'm going to get the question. I ended up untucking, which was great. And it was and, and it, it went it went really well. But, um, yeah. you know, it's one of those places where you get to the range and you're like, shit, like, I don't even want to hit hit the turf. It's so nice. I, I shit you not nicest turf I've ever seen on a driving range. And I've seen some incredible yeah. driving ranges. It, I, it was, I will it agree was with immaculate. that comment right there. I'll agree with it right now. It, you walk uh, out, you don't want to put a divot on that driving range. Like, period. oh man, it, it, it was, it was unreal. And, but, um, yeah, it was a great event. I mean, we showed up, uh, we showed up there two days, even prior to even teeing off for the tournament and had a great time. Um, a couple events leading up to the tournament, a couple little, you know, before tee off parties, I guess you could say. And, um, we had a great time, good food, good people, um, it was a blast. We we also we also teed it up. Um, yeah, we went to Sunday. So we yeah, we got in early because uh, some Madeiras res- Residential, they're actually a company out of Texas, has sponsored this thing for two years in a row. I mean, th- these guys go all out. I mean, talk about support mm-hmm. uh, that Jason has in them is is incredible. They bring out like fifty people, so this is like not only a true sponsorship, but it's like this is like a company retreat where they come out and golf some of the best courses. They're playing Muirfield as well as double Eagle. Um, but we came out, we participated in that opening event. And then the next day, you know, you and I, my friend Curtis, we went out and played virtues golf club, which is about That's 50 right. minutes, um, East of Dublin, um, Columbus area. And that course was sick, man. Everything I saw online was number one rated public course in Ohio. And we were right. trying to get on all these different courses, um, private tracks and just seeing what we can do. And we had a couple favors in, couple close calls, but we ended up just, it was getting, it was getting too close. I actually hit up virtues golf club on Instagram, slid into the DMS and just, cause there was no tea times available. I wasn't asking for a right. free round of golf or anything like that. I was just like, Hey, can you get us out there? And they responded, got us on at like 8am or something. So we drove out there. It was early morning, um, to get out on the road, but dude, that place was incredible. I didn't, ex- I didn't expect that whatsoever. I mean, you had, elevated tee box after tee box tree line fairways just crazy views the, the course was pure for a public track like yeah that course was pure tee to green um only yeah. issue was pace of play on a couple of holes but we we called in and complained <laughs> and they got that fixed for us but dude walk us through that that was like the third or fourth hole so like once you walk people through this might single-handedly be the worst pace of play uh, issue I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. A couple, couple local, local old folk out there getting their, uh, Sunday game in, you know what I mean? And you always got to beat those Sunday games. Like the other day, uh, we woke up and played and I was the first tee time off. And we talked about this on a previous podcast. I hate morning golf. I never play well, never, ever. I played okay (laughs) at virtues, but, but, um, yeah, you got to get out there in front of those guys. So it was like third hole and, um, I, I piped one. It was a downhill uh, par five, and I only had like a seven iron in, and um, I hit it kind of close to them. And I think they were they were giving us some looks or whatever. And but we yeah, dude, but... we were waiting. We 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 had we had four groups on one hole for the first two, three, four holes. It was it was it was terrible. Oh, yeah, God. hole two through four, we had at least three groups on every hole. Yeah, and it it was it was bad, but uh, the marshal came out, and I think the marshal, I think they were in the marshal's pocket because he didn't really do much. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah. I told him to speed it up a little bit, but uh, either way, it 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 worked out. It was a slow round, but it was a great round. I mean, when when they say number one public course, I 
100% believe it. It was a beautiful piece of property. Yeah. The clubhouse is kind of on like a metropolis. You know, you, you, you walk out to the practice putting green, you can see basically all the golf course. And um, yeah, that was fun. That was a, that was a good, that was a good time. I was, I was pumped. So that was my first uh, time playing golf in Ohio, I believe. And yeah, uh, same here. Cause I, last year when I was the brighter's days, I didn't play golf. I just was riding around in a golf cart, shooting content. Uh, so it was, it was cool, man. And, and, and listen, I'm going to, I'm going to, didn't play great like overall final score or anything like that but on 18 i was down some good money and yeah i hit a hybrid into the green from like 210 or out i think and it like landed freaking front at front right of the green trickled up about 10 feet two putted to to win the press and came out unscathed yes. which was like I needed that because if I would have ended up screwing up that shot, I would have probably ended up walking away owing Ryan and my buddy Curtis like three or four hundred bucks each. So talk about yeah, just yeah, playing yeah. well under pressure, man. I was pretty happy. It, was, it did get expensive. It did. Well, yeah. yeah it did. Was, so it started. We've talked about bets on this podcast before, and like, so Ryan's like, "Hey, what do you want to play?" Da da da. We end up playing this game. We're just playing one dollar dots, and so like, you don't think it, yeah. you think it's going to be this harmless thing, but it's like the story you shared on the podcast last month i believe it adds up fast and next thing you know like there's some carryovers there's a birdie you know all this stuff happens and then yeah. boom you you're, you're like hey this hole's worth 300 bucks and you're like wait what <laughs> yeah. and you know if you lose you got to pay you and you gotta pay the other guy and it's like yeah it got some pressure was definitely uh building up there the last two or three holes but it was fun though it was good times yeah it was a good time it was great i i uh I remember I started off my my day with my first ever uh, bagel dog. And it was like an everything bagel with a hot dog stuffed in it. And yeah. I remember they uh, it was frozen and they sold it in the pro shop and they had a microwave right there. And I, I just thought that was a classy uh, a classy dish. And uh, yeah, yeah, it, it looked. It was a I, great didn't, I didn't taste great it. It looked good though. I would say it was for actually sure, very good. You know, I think that we'll make the brighter days uh, rotation every single year. But honestly, like for me, like. There's a couple other courses I think that we can probably weasel our way into next year, but I would put Birchies back on the list. You know, I just think it was, yeah, it's like 100%. one of those courses where I'm certainly not going to get that experience in Texas. And I don't think you get that experience in Florida to play a course that's like inland with that elevation. It had those Purcell Farms type of vibes. Um, yeah, on a couple yeah, of tee boxes. So I, I highly rated, loved it. Um, but the double eagle, you're right, is just like insane. I was so excited to be able to go back and play. We had probably the best weather you could ask for. Um, I played with the cool group and just, you know, we played pretty well too, by the way. Like we ended up shooting, I want to say like 19 under and we eagled the last hole. Our last hole was 17, a short par four. And Curtis drove the green to 10 feet. And we, first guy up made the putt. And so we're like, okay, like, this is right. insane. We're 19 under, you know, it's going to be, and there's, no it was a shamble by the way. Shamble. Yeah. A shamble. Okay. So 19 under, like yeah. obviously Curtis, when he hits it straight, goes super, super far. So, you know, we had that going for us. Um, but 19 under, I'm like, dude, that's going to be right there. Like I thought if we didn't win, we're for sure going to be top three, top five or something. And I don't think the prizes were anything to really write home about or anything, but it was just the fact that like, Hey, could we win like Jason day's charity? event? that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And, and he played in it as well. So it's like, you're beating yeah. Jason day. Yeah. yeah. yeah he, he was in the field and I don't even think that 19 under was in the top 25. Like, no, like, dude. <laughs> I don't think we we're anywhere close. So, so 
here's the thing. Here's the thing. They have like we did, we had caddies, but they weren't riding with you. They had caddies, like four caddies almost on like every green, right? So they were watching every shot coming in, and they were holding everybody accountable for like what they're doing. So like, you know, to, to pencil whip out there, was kind of difficult, I think. And mm-hmm. the, the big thing was, is, was the strokes everyone was getting. Like we, we were playing, uh, I was playing with, I think it was guys from, I want to say Commonwealth bank. I, I don't want to butcher that, but maybe I did. Yeah. Um, dude, I was playing lights out. I mean, on fire and, um, setting us up with some amazing drives, and these these guys outplayed their handicaps a little bit. Like, and some of one of one of our guys was like a 20, 25 handicap, yeah. and he was just getting pops everywhere. So all all I had to do was keep hitting hitting uh, good drives, and I made a couple of birdies out there for us. But I mean, dude, they were stroking like crazy. We finished at like I think 20, 23 under, and I was like, yeah. dude, we're gonna win. And then I think the winner was like. 29 30 yeah it was aj hawks team and then aj like bounced out right away like he wasn't even there at the end because he probably knew like i can't can't face these guys um but i mean i don't know how you possibly could score any better than 19 little 23 i mean like that's just insane and one thing that i thought i'm gonna have to tell clark this for next year but one thing that i felt was a little bit of a bummer is like if you were a celebrity golfer or whatever you didn't get um strokes so for me I'm a, you know, going into there, I was like a nine index. So I should be getting uh, probably 11 or 12 strokes on that course. And I played pretty good that day. Cause like, you know, my game will be, is okay. If I'm playing like Curtis's drives, you know, I'm hitting it 120 in or less on par fours. I'm hitting it like 180 in on par fives. It's like my short game is my stronger suit. So it's like, I made a lot of birdies, um, on our team. And I was making pars on holes that I probably should have popped on. So it's like, I don't know. I felt we left a few strokes out there because of that. But you know what? We all had a good time. So, but dude, it was cool. So the event was great, but I'm going to talk about my my boy Ryan here for a minute. So we had had a really cool crowd. We had like Byron Scott, uh, ex-Laker, ex-Laker coach. We had, you know, Matt Janella there. We had Mike Mason was there uh motocross legend he's been a lot of pj memes challenge events michael pena we had michael pena actor um we had Chantel mccabe from nbc and you know from the golf channel i mean the list goes on bryce butler was there um just so many cool people man um i mean the list just goes on and on and on there's so many good people that were there at the event a lot of familiar faces uh peterman from seinfeld who like dude i'm a big seinfeld guy and we're at the zoo that that night before at the at the party and he walks into the room. I was like, Oh my God, there's Peterman. Like I couldn't even <laughs> believe it. Like I've watched every episode of Seinfeld my entire life, you know? Um, but it was cool. So Ryan uh, got asked to come out there and be a part of the event. And he was asked to put on a trick show shot, uh, a trick shot show at the driving <laughs> range. So a little fumble of words there, but so he got asked to put on the show at the range before the event. And so you got this star studded lineup of people, including former world number one, Jason Day right there breathing down his back and he got asked to do it in 10 15 minutes which I mean Ryan's shows traditionally are like 40 to 50 minutes long and it gives him the opportunity to like play out a you know a trick shot or do some stuff to interact with the crowd because that's something you got to do in any type of show but he had 10 15 minutes to cram this in so 
listen, I don't care how seasoned you are, or how long you've been doing this, you're going to help. You're going to have nerves when you're starting this out. And especially with a, a crowd like that, where everyone's got their phone out to like recording you and uh, dude, our boy, Ryan stepped up and started the trick shot show. He had everybody circled around on the range. Jason's literally like taking a knee, like right next to him. Michael Pena was just like chirping you, dude. Like he was like, it was funny. It was like your un, he was like your MC that was like not really part of the show, but he was just talking through the whole beginning and then chirped you a little bit. Um, but he stepped up, dude, and did the show. He got a couple people to participate. One guy came in that can't hit a, a draw. I had him kind of do a little uh, stunt with him. He could <laughs> turn the ball over, and then he had me hold up a, a water bottle, almost took my hand off, and my heart's still racing from that. But he did a little uh, – short drive contest with Jason day. I mean, dude, it was awesome, man. From top to bottom, you had the crowd super engaged and, and really lively loving it. And, uh, I know like Jason and all those guys appreciate it. We're super stoked on it. And dude, I was there the year before there was like nothing like that where it was just kind of like, eh, everyone's going through the motions. Matt Janela got on the mic and like said a few words and then everyone left, but this was right. bumping dude. Like we had a good crowd. Everyone was, you know, congregating to the range. Ryan put on a show, everyone was laughing, having a good time. And like the whole vibe was just different. And I felt, you know, your show helped set the tone for that dude. So you just knocked it out of the park. It was fun to see. Thanks, man. I had a blast. Like, uh, I, I wasn't even sure I was going to do that. And then like a week before the tournament, uh, Denise emailed me and she was like, Hey, like, would you want to do some trick shots? And I was like, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Like, you know, and, and, part of me wants to say no and take the easy way out and be like, no, I'm okay. You know, like, cause, mm. cause it is nerve wracking, especially with like the field that I knew that was going to be there. And like Michael Pena is like one of my favorite actor and he was literally center stage right behind me, just like getting hyped on all the shots. And uh, like Hercules was there Sorbo, right? Yeah, that's right. He, yeah. Yeah. He came up to me and gave me his business card afterwards and wants me to do like a show for him in West Palm. And it was just like, dude, there's so many just elite people. And, and, and now I got to pull off some stuff that I, I haven't done a live show in like a while. And now I got to do one in 10, 15 minutes with like limited props. And I got to pull out some like pretty difficult stuff to, to, uh, get the crowd going. But man, I hit like every shot and, you know, getting Jason day to, uh, face me in a short drive contest was probably one of the top five moments of my life. It was, it was pretty funny. He hits it like a hundred yards. I hit it like, you know, a foot <laughs> and everyone well, he, just loved it. He knew what he was getting into too. It was funny. Cause like when you called yeah. him up, he like, he's like, Oh, I know what's going on. And like, I actually thought he, yeah. he stepped in and did a pretty damn good job, but it's like, oh, yeah. dude, the fact you hit yours literally like three inches, uh, it was insane. Yeah. And like, he was just, it was pretty cool to see. He was, <clears throat> he was really, he was just as into your show as anyone else there and was laughing the yeah. whole time having a good time it was really cool to see it was fun yeah man I, it was great you know i've done shows before and i've done big shows small shows and you know i've done done some decent ones with some you know pretty stacked crowds but i don't know that one just hit different dude i i, I broke down i got so emotional afterwards i like travis came up to me and he was like dude so proud of you and i like cried in his arms i i, I seriously did I, i'm not even afraid to say it i i was like legitimately legitimately emotional because you know one like travis is the reason that i was there and dude you're such a good friend and like you brought me on this podcast you brought me into so many things that you have going on in your life so i was just i was feeling very appreciative for the opportunity and then the fact that it just went so well like dude it was just like it was, it was a big moment for me so you know yeah. i i don't i don't normally get emotional but man 
Um, no, it's good, I man. That's healthy. That's healthy. And listen, dude, when you work as hard as you yeah. have at that, and you know, that feeling is just overcomes your body when you have that amount of success or you pull something off like that. So it's, it's insane. Like I, I, I can't, I, can, say I, can, I, can, I can't juggle a trick. <laughs> well, I don't know where you're going to take that, but I, 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 I just have this meme pictured in my, in my mind. And it's like coach Rusty after successfully pulling off a trick shot show. And then it's the Michael Jordan crying face. <laughs> well, no, like, so I will share a story too. Like just to kind of like, tell you like i can't juggle a golf ball on a, a, a wedge and i can't do any trick shots or anything i can barely even hit a fairway but you know like my first event that i did like it's just a golf tournament you know but like you put together all these sponsors and you bring all these people in and you're entertaining them and then like we give back to the children miracle network hospital but like when at the end when i'm like saying my words of like thank you to people and stuff and i, I realize that the event had been a big success and we raised a bunch of money like dude i can barely even talk because i just want to like cry because i'm just like right you're like wow like you're proud of yourself that you're able to like do something like that and you want to even do it more you know like it's right. it's entertaining people are just like bringing good together and have fun but like yeah like so that that emotion that overcomes you is just incredible but that whole experience was awesome man that event was so fun and you know, yeah. to see you live doing that was, was awesome. And there's gonna be more and more of that to come. And then we had the opportunity to that night, like Jason, like, was like, oh Hey, my God, what are you doing tonight? I'm like flying home. <laughs> He's like, well, <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you come over to our house if you can, you know? And I'm like, well, how do you say no to that? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, are you serious? So, you know, I'm, call home like hey uh i'm gonna be back tomorrow you know and like you, you're there like changing flights and figuring it all out and sure enough head over there and jason's house is about 10 minutes from the course and what an amazing piece of property man it's like right there on the lake and when you walk when you when you go through the gate he's got this huge barn which is like a golf barn and it's just it's super like modern design with these big black up black tented like uh garage doors that you can like hit golf balls out of and he's got a full gym his trophy rooms there if you go to the podcast page you'll see picture of that of that wall and then you've got a nine hole putting green and then he's got a chipping green and he's got a full-on like fairway with a another green that backs up i think you walked the whole yeah. course right yeah i i played uh closest to the pin for like an hour with dash his son who yeah. was the coolest thing ever <laughs> and let me tell you that, that little boy can hit the golf ball it's it is it, it was fun yeah. so he was really cool but dude yeah it's like you got three full-sized greens right and then two of them are bunkered and then there's just uh several teeing areas scattered all over and i mean it was just as pure as the golf course was i mean it, it was unbelievable and now dash is like out there he's like all right we're gonna go from uh, here to here and it's like an 80 yard shot and i'm like dude i'm gonna like take a divot is that like okay he's like yeah it's fine it's fine just go and yeah. you know like i was just afraid to mess it up and, no i know it's it so great, pure man. and like he said he has like a green screw coming mm -hmm. by every single day basically taking care of that thing i mean it's <clears throat> very well kept you have these like like the rough is built up like layered where you got multiple cuts and like dude it's just insane mm -hmm. like being out there i mean that's like basically you've got the entrance you've got the golf barn and then you have this huge golf complex and then you drive back towards the lake and that's where his home is and like his pool and all that stuff um which none of mm -hmm. us even got anywhere near 
So like, when, you know, he's like, Hey, come, come hang out at our house. Like you, it's very like intimate to be like, Hey, I'm going to go to someone's home. Like you kind of wonder what that's going to be like that setting. This was the yeah. coolest experience ever. Cause like when we got there, the only place that any of us were really hanging out was inside the golf barn, which was, there was like a, a bar, a sofa and like a dinner table with this trophy room and stuff like that right there. And like, you could putt in there if you wanted to or whatever, but we were all out there on the putting green hanging out. And he's dude, Jason day is like the epitome of just like freaking good, good, cool dude. I know that he's there hosting everybody. And like, this was his event and he's showing gratitude and thanks, but he was out there till like 10 at night after a long day. I mean, I know how those tournaments go. Like he had a lot of help and Clark and his team, Denise, everyone, like they run the show behind the scenes, but I know it's a long day for Jason and his wife, Ellie too, but they're like out there. Ellie was out there super late. Jason was out there giving chipping lessons to Byron Scott and Bryce Butler in the dark, you know, Um, Matt Kearney, like it was, dude, it was pretty cool to see all that and just like, just watch, you know, watch him engage with other people and genuinely just enjoy having a good time and stuff. So yeah, that experience alone was definitely like, for me, it was the top experience, just being able to interact with those guys in that social setting where it was like, you get to know them a little bit more about who they are and just have a good time. So I'm already looking forward to going back next year. That was insane. I mean, to be invited there, I mean, it wasn't like everyone from the tournament went. It was probably like, what, 15 people, maybe 20 yeah. people. And and yeah. um, it was really intimate and it was really awesome to see um, Jason just genuinely having fun. And you know, like you said, after such a long day, like he even sat down and talked about cryptocurrency and NFTs with us for a while. And I was just <laughs> so... like, this, guy, this guy's awesome, man. Like he's, he's super yeah. cool. And um, man, that... <sighs> goals man i wish i wish i took like a full like panoramic video of that property i kind of didn't mm-hmm. want to do that just because you know, <laughs> know. i don't want to be like that i mean dude guy, everything but... down to like those rolex tr- uh clocks that you see at any country club or whatever he has a rolex clock literally right there as you enter the property on the very front part of that golf complex with his yep. home address on it like it's like yeah i mean it's just sick, dude. Like it just like reshaped my whole mind of like what I would want <clears throat> my like, know. man area to be my, my, my dream house, you know, yeah. but I mean, it, it was super it was cool, man. I looking forward to going back and, you know, before we jump into to Ryder cup discussion, we had a lot to cover because we had some time off, um, about a week or, or about a couple of weeks later, I got the chance to go to the begin again foundation, uh, supporting Mark and Audrey Leishman's cause, which is sepsis awareness. Audrey almost lost her life. I think it was in 2015 or 2016. Um, with she had sepsis, she had talked, she had toxic uh, shock syndrome and developed sepsis and was like literally in a coma, uh, around the time of the masters. And she ended up making it through, but it was cool to, to, be at this event and be part of this is the second year that I was able to be a part of this as well. It fell on your son's birthday. I think, um, we, it's just, it's cool to see cause it means so much to them personally. Like she went through this herself, almost lost her life. Um, the night before they had like a meet and greet thing for like their sponsors and some of the VIP people that were there and they had a really good outcome of people that showed up this time around too. Um, last year they fell right into the COVID issues like everybody else did, but they had a top golf and they did like a live auction on just for a handful of items, raised a bunch of money. 
and they had a few people who had similar experiences with sepsis that survived and told their stories and stuff. So it really like hit home and made it real. And wow, it was, it was, it was pretty powerful stuff. And you know, that night and with some of the stuff they did, they raised like over a hundred thousand dollars just right there. I think their foundation in their just short time doing is raised over a million dollars. Um, so they've done some really good stuff. They've got a really great team that's helping put that all together as well. It's ironic because right around that time, like I, I talked to you, I told you, I lost my aunt two weeks ago, roughly two, maybe three weeks ago now. And she, she ended up having sepsis really? and, and that's what, that's what got her. And then she went into a medically induced coma and unfortunately didn't come out of it. So man, yeah. that's, that's wild. I had no idea. That's what that, that event was for and uh, what there's um, raising awareness for, but that's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where I think people just don't know a lot about it and it can affect anybody. I mean, really like yeah. when you yeah. get an effect, an infection or something goes wrong, like that's something that you need to be fearful of. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a dangerous thing. And you had a lot of great people there. Like you had everyone from like pro golfers. I mean, Cam Smith's a really close friend of Mark Leishman. So Cam was there again mm-hmm. and it was cool. Like I got to hang out with him and Brendan Todd and, uh, Chris Stroud and Matt Every were all there. Um, so we were all hanging out at top golf and they were playing like stupid games with the, the old metal clubs at top golf, just being idiots <laughs> and stuff like that. But you know, like Brendan Todd, like he's a guy who you see him on tour. He's very stone faced. He doesn't have a social media really. Um, he's won several events. He caught, got really hot a couple of years ago. I think one, two or three mm-hmm. in a row. Um, and like when I met him, you know, he was really nice, but then they were, they told him like who I was and stuff. And then he had this pretty big reaction to it. And like, we ended up hanging out for like, that whole night. And then the next morning we rode over to the course together. Um, he's dude, he's an awesome guy. Like I never would have like thought like a Brendan Todd would be a guy who I'm like a big fan of and, you know, want to get to know more of, but he was a stud. Stroud was a stud. Dude, Matt Every is hilarious. Like I, obviously Matt Every has a lot of color to him throwing golf clubs. Um, right. You know, it's big personality. He's won the API twice. <laughs> Like, and then like every other event he's struggled in or whatever, but dude, the guy is hilarious. Like one of the funniest guys I've ever been around just top to bottom, like just made me laugh. Like the minute he opens his mouth, just full of crazy stories. Like they were all sharing the story of when that missile was going to hit in Hawaii a couple of years ago. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. 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 Yep. So all of them were there, uh, playing in the Sony. And so they were all Mm -hmm. recounting and sharing their experiences of like what they did when that news hit their phone and like, it was just really funny to like get that inside conversation and just see how each of them are different. And like, Matt's a funny dude, man. It sounds like he's going to have an opportunity to get onto TV here in the next couple of months. Um, awesome. So I'll see how that goes. I mean, he's definitely someone <laughs> who's not filtered, so hopefully it's not right. short lived. I hope he can kind of find that medium, but I talked him into getting back on social media. So he started his Instagram page literally like the Monday of the, the tournament and then he got his page verified like within one day and he's ready to go back but he's uh yeah, he's a character right for now. sure so definitely someone i think we should probably have on the podcast at some point because he's that dude's just fucking hilarious <laughs> his latest picture of him throw, throwing a club at pebble beach <laughs> <laughs> yeah so That's we awesome. actually so we did a club throw competition okay so i saw that yeah, yeah. And like listen I'm going to just start with a couple excuses real quick. Cause we we're talking about it the night before him and I both have shoulder problems. 
so we're like, okay, how are we going to do this? And I was like, I don't know, but like, I'm with you. Like the only thing I can think of right now is that we have to do a club toss competition. So we're like, and he's very calculated about this. Like he's, he's got this dialed in. He's like, you know, the best clubs to throw is a 60 degree or like 56 degrees. Like that's it. He goes, yeah. those are the best to throw. Wait. You, yeah. And you got to throw them like overhand, blah, blah, blah. So he's like really worried about his shoulder. Like just wants to be careful with the shoulder. So I'm like, all right, all right, let's get warmed up, you know? toss a few i'll come find you in like an hour hour and a half so i was i rode my way around the course just to get some content with some other people like bruce smith was there the bills legend you had uh it i mean you had kira dixon was there you had amanda valionis so you had a lot of different personalities that were there and i was trying to get everybody involved and i run into matt and they were finishing on the green and his group was there like kind of older guys and they were having a fun time with Matt because Matt's just making them laugh the whole time. And so we're like, Hey, we're going to do a club toss competition. Is that okay? And they're like, hell yeah, let's, 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 let's do this, you know? And so while we were throwing down this, we're throwing down this fairway that's like 60 yards wide, you can't miss it. And I, <laughs> I, to me, like I'm throwing a club, like I'm going to throw it like this. Like, I'm not going to throw it like yeah. this. I, I just don't do it normally, but that's in my head. That's what I'm going to do. And so I go first, he's giving me a 10 yard buffer is what he's going to give me. And when I hucked, when I hucked it, I just like, didn't let go of it right away. And I ended up yeah, just late release. snap hook, <laughs> literally through Matt every 56 degree straight into the trees. And it landed down on the cart path. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh fuck. <laughs> I was like, that's we got to clip good. this. We need to get this clip. That's amazing. I was like, this is that's not awesome. good. And he's like, fuck PJ memes just ruined my wedge. And like, I'm like, shit. And he's like, he's like, do I even need to throw? He's like, do I even need to follow that? And I'm like, well, of course, dude, we just got to see, you know, your skill set out here on camera. Let's make it happen. Yeah. And like, dude, he just throws it overhand. The ball, the club goes like 60 yards straight down the fairway. Like, I'm like, dude, that's pretty funny. The dude has got a skill for sure. So, but it was, it was cool to catch up with him overall. Great event. I just was there for about 24 hours. Um, but it was a good time. Hopefully that's something that um, I think they're going to be moving it because even brighter days, used to do their event in the spring and they moved everything. Cause when COVID hit in 2020, everyone kind of bumped stuff back to the fall. So I think the dates will change, but that's one definitely that um, you should try to get involved in as well. It's good, yeah. good crowd, good people. And, you know, I was riding back to the airport with Ian Baker, Baker Finch. And um, just like talking to him was just like really surreal to me. You know, I'm just like, I'm sitting here with, with, with this guy talking about like golf and just like, you know, I'm just like, this is weird. right. Like, you know, it's yeah. like people like that you see on TV and like, you wouldn't really figure you'd ever like link up or talk to, but just right. generally down to earth, really cool dude. Um, you know, it was, it was pretty fun. So that's awesome. But let's, uh, enough about charity events and all that fun stuff. Let's, let's just jump right over to, uh, we'll call this our, our first tea segment, I guess. And let's talk about the Ryder cup. So we had to wait three years for the Ryder cup um, with everything going on with COVID, but it's been a long three years because we got just absolutely destroyed in Paris, which you were at. And, you know, the United States team, although we were victorious in the president's cup, you know, it's been one of those people are like, is this team together? Is this team unified? Um, are they going to be able to make it work? They had most of the top 10 rated players in the world heavily yep. favored on the American side. But you just look at the Europe squad. You've got 
Padraig Harrington as the captain. You've got all these players with experience, but there's so much camaraderie amongst all of them. Like there's not one storyline of anybody on the Europe side where you're like, oh, these two don't like each other. And if that's the case, like we don't know about it. You know, like just right. feel like everyone's they're, they're brothers. They are, they're going to have fun. They're going to enjoy the week win, lose or draw. And they know how to get it done. So there's a big question mark leaning into the week, but you know, here we are now, you know, some time removed from the Ryder cup and the United States just obliterated the Europe squad and just fucking performed top to bottom. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't record believe the performance setting. these guys put on that record setting. Um, yep. I was there for the, for the whole weekend. And I would say if you haven't been to a Ryder cup, you should go. It's, it's quite the experience, but at the same time, part of me like wishes I wasn't there like during play. Cause like, you can't quite enjoy the experience like you would if you're watching it on TV. Like there were so many people there and whistling straights is a difficult course because you can't really line up on both sides of the fairway. And some right. of the greens are, you can only like be on half of the side of the green. And so you, you missed a lot of golf and then you, you hear these roars um, and there was no, cell phone coverage out there on the course. So you couldn't really follow along on the Ryder cup app. Uh, there was not a lot of like screens up there showing you what was going on. I just knew we were yeah. kicking ass. I mean, but dude, what a weekend, dude. It was, it was fun. <laughs> I just knew we were That's kicking ass awesome. and taking names. Yeah. Cause you got to think about it from, from that standpoint. Also the golf course isn't packed with players, right? You know, it, it's a very small field and yeah. you know, so, so that's just going to bring all the crowds to, you know, certain spots and it's, it's gotta be tough. I mean, dude, the crowds were huge. Just watching it at home. It looked awesome. I, I think that everyone at home probably wanted to be there just because we were dominating and it was probably just an electric atmosphere, but mm -hmm. I, I, I generally don't enjoy going to golf tournaments personally. I, I, my back starts fucking hurting. I can't see over <laughs> old age like Rick sitting at six, five, you know, like I, I, I can't, I can't do it. So, but yeah, I mean, it looked awesome. It would be, it would have been cool just to be in the area. You know, I got to, I got to be there um, a few months back, and it was Kohler is amazing. It's, it's, it's out there, man. You know, it it's, it's, it's out, out there. there. It's, there's, there's, there's nothing going on, and, um, but it, but it, man, it's a, a yeah, fucking I mean, beautiful place for golf. It really. I'll is. say like so. A huge shout out and thank you to G Tech. I mean, so G Tech Apparel is one of the official sponsors of the Ryder Cup. So the European team and the United States team were both using the pouches and, you know, perfect, perfect setting for them. I mean, it's always chilly there. Uh, it could be chilly there at any time of the year, but they had some action during the week and, you know, they were selling pouches like crazy and yeah. Saturday's forecast looked like it was going to be a little chillier. It ended up being an amazing day, but that morning was really cold and this is something that I was like dreading at first, but now I look back, it was probably one of the coolest experiences of my life. We woke up at like 4 a.m. on Friday morning and Saturday morning, because Sunday I, I had to fly to Virginia for the, that event at, with the Leishmans. But Friday, Saturday, woke up at four in the morning, got ready, loaded up, and went to the course. And they had a little bit of a different entrance because they're a vendor. So we went through there. Um, they had some obligations like they were, dude, these guys were hustling all week, giving pouches to like people at Sky Sports, Golf Channel, you know, handing them out like crazy. Some all over TV, saw the players wearing them. But Saturday was cold and 
we got there both days really early and got front row at the first tee. And we were there at like 5 a.m. And the tee time started at like 7.05, I think, Eastern time um, or, or Central time. I don't know what time. It was, it was like two hours of just sitting there. And so you're like, what are you going to do? You know, and it's pretty cold. So we're bundled up, got our G-Tech pouches on. And those things are toasty. I've got one right here, actually, Boston Red Sox one. But um, oh, super sick. toasty. Your hands are like almost on fire. And Jesse's just cracking me up. We're front row. So he's got like 10 pouches and he's clipping them to the gate. So like we can get caught on TV and stuff. And dude, the music is blasting like so loud. It was like we were inside a nightclub in Vegas at 5 a.m. in Kohler, Wisconsin at you know the Ryder Cup. And every fan is like full of energy, singing along to the songs, ready to go. We're all sitting there watching the sun come up slowly like vice captains start coming out you know freddie zach johnson you know phil nicholson and everyone's just going nuts for these guys as they come out got stricker coming out and then players start slowly showing up which was really cool to see like all the players even if they weren't playing at all that day or they were playing in the afternoon they were showing up to give the support to the players on the first tee all the wives would come out as well and so you had everybody just like cheering them on and you had some people who were like really interactive with the crowd. I mean, Bryson started doing some USA chants. Fina yeah. was getting in on it and stuff. It was, it was pretty awesome, man. And uh, I, I could tell you like both days was just so electric and such a cool experience like that alone. If I could have just went and did that and then went home and watched the Ryder cup the rest of the day at my house or something like would have been worth it. I mean, it was just incredible yeah. to see, cause you don't see that in golf and you know, here you go. Like they're, they're even like, making those noises when they go back in their back swings and practice swings and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then as soon as they really address the ball and they're seriously about to hit, it's just quiet as church and they hit the ball and they're super respectful. And I would have to say that, I mean, I think some of the European players obviously said some things that voice their displeasure maybe throughout the weekend, but from what I saw out on the course and what I saw, at the first tee, I think that they were pretty respectful, um, at least from my perspective. I think it could have been worse. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was incredible, man. I, but I'll tell yeah. you, the, I got to share one story real quick before going to Ryder Cup, though, because this was something that was so random and fucking cool. So the night before on Friday, I, I'd only watched a handful of episodes of The Last Dance. Like I'd sporadically okay. watched it. And so, Pat from GTEC is from Chicago. So he's obviously a big Jordan guy and he's watching the first episode. And so we just started watching them. Um, we, we watched a few episodes on Thursday night, sorry. And then Friday night we watched the rest. We finished it. And then um, Saturday morning we go to the course and we're there early again. And about 6 AM Jordan's right there. Like he's like literally like 50 yards from us down at the, He's on the ground level. We're front row. But he's he's about maybe like 30 yards away from us. He's with Ahmad Rashad and Dwight Franey. And we're like, dude, that's so crazy. We just binge watched The Last Dance and Jordan's right there. It was just, it was cool just to be like that close to Michael Jordan. And this fucking guy was like right in the middle wearing a USA Jordan jersey, basketball jersey. And he's, you could just hear him talking to this guy like, kind of to the left, it's a little bit above where Jordan's at. And they're like figuring out this strategy 
to where he can get his jersey over there for Jordan to sign it. And yeah. some guy right by the Jordan jersey guy has a Sharpie, gives it to him. And so they pass it by one by one and it comes through us. And we, we of course, we Jesse and Pat being the marketers there, they clip on a G-Tech pouch and they keep passing <laughs> it on. And this guy goes to Jordan and we see the whole thing, like security's trying to stop this guy and he gets him the jersey. And like at first, I didn't, it doesn't look like anything's going to happen. And the whole crowd starts chanting, sign the jersey. And I'm just like going nuts, like sign the jersey. And Jordan like just starts laughing, ends up signing the jersey for him. And then the guy gets oh, it man. back. And like, dude, the whole crowd was just going nuts. Like Michael Jordan chants for like an hour. And he wouldn't take the pouch, but Ahmad Rashad took it. And then you saw like Ahmad Rashad shoot all these videos with it and stuff like that, which is pretty <laughs> funny to see. But like that the whole so crowd like was behind this guy to get his jersey signed and to get it hap- to make it happen like that and have everybody involved. It was it was pretty fucking cool, dude. So the first tee is, is so electric. Cool. Definitely experience that I think anyone has to try to try to do. So obviously you got the Rome one coming up, but whenever they're back here in the States, like if you can make it to the Ryder Cup, get there early and try to experience the first tee. It's definitely worth it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's cool. I, I like getting those those stories, you know, like I think that our listeners can appreciate stuff like that because, you know, we don't want to sit here and talk about everything that you guys probably already saw as well. I mean, obviously, maybe you'd like to hear our opinions, but to hear stories like that um, about, you know, things that are different about being there and, and those special moments, that's that's pretty damn cool. That, that is awesome. Yeah. I, it was, it was I, cool, I, man. I can't believe it. That's, that's so rad. I would have loved to see it. But, um, yeah, man, hell of a Ryder Cup. Um, I, I, I think I watched every shot. And if you know me and if you've listened to this podcast, I, I don't actually watch a ton of golf. I, 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 I really don't unless it's a major. And even if it's a major, like even Augusta this year, I, I think I didn't watch the, I didn't really watch the first two days. I was, I'm just busy and I like doing my, my shit. And, um, yeah, I, I was, a I was a couch potato, man. I, I slept on the couch and set my alarm so that I could wake up on the couch and continue watching. It was, it was pretty great. So, um, I watched just about every shot. I mean, watching Bryson was, was honestly so fucking fun. Um, I really enjoyed, um, his presence there and what he did for the team and energy brought and the way he interacted with the, with the fans and to see how supportive the fans were of him. I thought it was really cool. Um, but, but the whole team, and they they were, by the way, I'll just say this, like, I didn't hear one Brooksy at all. I heard one, I heard one Brooksy. So the first, Uh, but it was, was but it was when they were about to win. It was right when it was almost over. Okay. (laughs) Cause like at the first tee, I was like, okay, here we go. Cause he came out. I never saw him hit at the first tee when he hit, when he drove the green, I was actually by the green. Um, Oh, that's cool. But the, um, the whole Brooksy stuff, I'm like, I didn't. Hear one I heard I heard thing. one Brooksy and it was right after they hugged on I think it was like 17 T area okay. or something like that. And okay. and it was just like a joke and he was laughing and it was it was it was like a it was like a tasteful time to do it if you were ever okay. gonna do it. Okay. And okay. um but yeah, man, I dude, I thought the matchups were amazing. I, I even enjoyed watching the Europeans. I, I I loved watching Rom just fuck shit up. I mean, dude. it was it was incredible. Um, Poulter still undefeated in singles. Um, loved watching him. 
I, I don't normally love watching Ian Poulter play golf at all. I personally don't like watching his social media posts either. I think they're just so lame. But uh, I like watching him in the Ryder Cup. <laughs> I really do. Um, yeah, yeah, Sergio. He's insane. Class, I mean, dude, they were classy as shit. I mean, they got beat worse than any other European team has gotten beat. Ever. Yeah. And they were so fucking classy about it, man. I was like, dude, these guys are on another level. They they are something yeah. else. It was it was so rad, man. And and the course is just an amazing venue. I I, I thought it I thought it probably was my favorite Ryder Cup venue that I've seen so far in mm-hmm. my lifetime. And I, I I couldn't I couldn't take my eyes off the, off the fucking screen. I couldn't. I was I yeah. was just I was locked in. Yeah, it was I really amazing, was. man. I I have a hard time, and I've I've said this to a lot of people, and it's just it's odd because I'm an, I'm American. I love our I love our country, and you want to root for your team, right? But most of the friends I have, and most of the people who've been good to me through what I've been building on PJ memes, have been European players. Yeah, and I don't look at golf as a team sport. It's not generally right. So to to go into this team sport, you know, once a year, I guess, or once every other year, depending on, on what we're playing, if it's president's cup Olympics or, you know, whatever, I guess Olympics is even individualized, but at the end of the day, like it was hard because, you know, I'm big John Rom fan and he's one guy yeah. who I, I interact well with him and his wife, Kelly. And like to see him play well was incredible. Like what an amazing talent. Um, I think he carried oh, the team so much that, you know, on Sunday he just ran into a buzzsaw with Scotty Scheffler and what a fucking performance Scotty had as a I was gonna Ryder say. Cup rookie captain's pick. I mean, dude, that guy just, I mean, it was, it was unbelievable to see what he pulled off and, but yeah, Ron played just unbelievable him and Sergio playing together. Um, Ian Poulter didn't have the best week, but he wouldn't count it on Sunday. Like he was there and he delivered and, and played well. I mean, this might be the last Ryder cup you'll ever see Lee Westwood or Ian Poulter play in, you know, right, I mean, right. those guys are getting to an age where they snuck their way in. I mean, Poulter got picked and as he should, I mean, he's a Ryder cup legend and he delivers, but Lee Westwood earned his way onto that team and he's put himself in good physical, uh, condition I mean, he's working out a ton on his bike and he's doing really well but it's like i mean how much and he even admitted to himself like he had his son carry his bag that week which was really cool to be able to bring his son into that experience but i mean will he be on the Ryder cup team next time around but like it just kind of made me yeah. start realizing like dude our next wave of Ryder cup captains and stuff are gonna be really cool these are gonna be guys yeah. who we grew up watching play because yeah. right now like you're starting to get a little bit of that but freddie couples and davis love the third and even Stricker, I was never like a big Stricker guy. Um, mm-hmm. I always just knew him as being close to Tiger and being this like dynamic putter and stuff. But like, it would be it's gonna be really cool when you start seeing guys like Lee Westwood and Ian Poulter and you know Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods being Ryder Cup captains and stuff. Like, yeah. And then the team, like, thank God the United States went young. I mean, like, there were some people on there that were questioning, even myself and yourself, like, well, hey, where's where's Kisner? Where's Kevin Nan? I still think both of them would have been good additions to the team, but how exciting is the United States team? You know, it's like, they were just yeah, full yeah. of energy, very dynamic. Not all of them have the biggest and best personalities in the world, but they were there to step on the Europeans throat. And they did like, it was, it was, yeah. it was pretty awesome to see. Yeah. I mean, DJ is the oldest player on the team. He went five and zero. I mean, yeah, yeah played he, unbelievable. Like, 
Like, I, I mean, it, it, everyone stepped up when they needed to step up. And, you know, back to Scotty Scheffler, I think that that was probably the most underrated pick on the team. Mm-hmm. And he just over-delivered. I mean, dude, I'm like a huge Scotty Scheffler fan now. Oh, like, I know. It, yeah. it, it, was, I, it was incredible. Yeah, you, you knew he was a good dude and, like, you've heard things, but, like, you haven't really seen it. He hasn't won on tour. He's been close. But, dude, he just – I mean, dude, he was, it was like four or five up through four or five with Rom. I mean, he just started yeah, out. Yeah. Oh, he started out higher. hot. Yeah. Hot. It was like, where, what is this all about? That was the one group that you're yeah. like, okay, put this in the Europeans column. This one's going to be Rom. And man, unbelievable. But I will say, so back yeah. to your comment about the Europeans in class, like I didn't really get to interact with players at the event. I wasn't trying to, I know this is very like important week for them um i mean some people would like comment or go back and forth on the dms but i wasn't trying to like meet up with anybody or talk to anybody and but we did meet up with like some of the spouses and girlfriends and stuff because what we were we were giving out pouches um especially saturday we gave one out to uh to kelly rom we gave one to jenna sims and we gave one to uh sam maddox austin johnson's uh wife Paulina wasn't out there walking around. She had like a bum foot or whatever, but we were going to try to get one mm-hmm. to Paulina. That was like Jesse's goal. <laughs> He's like, let's get yeah, a pouch yeah. to Paulina. But um, yeah, put so it, we on, her, going put it on her ankle. We were going around giving pouches to everybody and like talking to them. And um, Kelly came and talked to us for a little bit. And we talked to Jenna for a while too, because she skipped seven. You can't walk seven to part three. So she jumped to eight and they were still playing seven while she was over there. And so we, we were talking to her for like probably 30 minutes or so. And it was pretty cool. Like we, she already had a pouch and we're like, Oh, we were, we were going to give you one of these pouches. She's like, Oh, this is Brooks's. She's like, and then we were just talking and when Brooks came up the fairway, he's like, Oh, they gave you one of those. Give me mine back. And like, he took the pouch back and Jesse had it hmm. all on camera and was like so excited, cool. but it was, it was pretty cool to see all that. Um, Cause it, they were using it that morning. It was freezing. Yeah. Um, I saw a ton of pictures of, of all the guys using them, which was but, great. That night, after U.S. like dominated throughout the entire day, uh, I, I didn't even make the meme. I, it was just so hard to be on top of content. Um, I reposted one of Bobby Bradley's memes of Will Ferrell in the locker room, the whole like old school, like we got to keep our composure, blah, blah, blah. And so I posted that saying it was like Padraig Harrington. And it was, it was really cool because like within – five minutes of posting it, Kelly Rom sends me a message and she's like, I just want you to know. She's like the entire European locker room is dying laughing at that meme right now, <laughs> including Padraig Carrington. That's <laughs> like, and you know, like that's cool to get that kind of uh, insight from, from any team, let alone the world number one's wife, but to know like that's the European team, you know, like, they're down. They're stacked against the odds. Could they come back? Yeah, of course they could come back. I mean, they're fully capable of coming out and slinging it on Sunday. Um, but they're down, down and out. Had a tough couple of days, and they're out there like laughing at themselves. Like, yeah, you know. And I even heard it from someone else saying, like, if you're around Sunday, even I would try to stick around with the Europeans and party with them if you can, because their party, even in defeat, will be better than the United States party. Just because yeah, yeah. they're just like that's the way they are, you know. Um, but yeah, all around is super, super cool to be a part of. I'm hope, hoping that, you know, 
I could be there for the next one in, in Rome. I think that'd be pretty cool to like work out some type of Italy vacation or something like that. And then just sprinkle in some Ryder cup. Be kind of good times. I so hold on. I'm thinking of something. So when they were all sitting down for the team interview, they all couldn't stop laughing about something. And it had to do with like Podrick. Every time they looked at Podrick, they would laugh. And I wonder mm-hmm. if that's because they saw that video. And maybe or it was, that, but it was on Saturday name. night. It was probably that. What? I, yeah, but I, they, I think they were laughing about it after the Ryder Cup, like in the in the interview. Oh, really? I, okay. I, 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 I like they 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 were all just dying laughing in this interview. That's all I remember. Like like they were they were getting asked questions, and the whole team was laughing, and they couldn't answer a word. And it and they every time Podrick talked, they would they would start laughing. Um, I think they were talking about like camaraderie in the locker room. So maybe yeah. that's what that was about. I don't know, but I don't know. Either way, I mean, dude, those guys are amazing, and it was super fun to watch them. You know, keep their heads up and still play some really good golf. I mean, but um, USA dominated and. Um, I think I think uh, that's probably one of the best teams we've ever seen from the USA, and that's going to be one of our buy or sell questions here when we uh, sign off. Yeah. But uh, why don't we let's jump over yeah. to buy or sell right now and go through some of these real quick? Because I mean, Ryder Cup's Ryder Cup. UST, USA team dominated. It was a great trip. Um, yeah. Thank you, to the boys from GTAC. Looking forward to the next one. Um, got a new season kicking off, but let's let's jump over to to buy or sell, and we'll conclude this. Uh, Comeback yeah. tour of the podcast. So, so we'll lead with that one. Buy or sell? Was that the greatest team that USA has ever put together? Like, is that the team where if you were to play a Ryder Cup video game and it had all the years of all the teams you could select, you know, that legendary team, would that be the team you'd pick? I mean, I, I and I Tiger's it, not on this team. Which, I know, I know, which, I know. That's the toughest question. I think I think you got to go with statistics and say yes, but you also have to look at a couple of other factors. Like, yes, the European team has some great players, including the world number one, but at the same time, like, I don't think their team was that stacked top to bottom. And you had a lot of players who are their best that did not play well at all. Right. So, but listen, you can't, you can't discount the fact that this team came out with a lot of energy um, you had people like really working the crowd. I mean, you had JT and Berger out shotgunning beers between foursome matches, yeah, which was incredible. You know, like you don't see that historically in any golf event, but they just know their audience and what they need to do and get the, to get the people behind them. So I, I would say I'm going to buy. It just hurts to buy because you've got these legendary players that came before these guys that weren't part of this team, even at like a vice captain or captain role, like it would be, Cool yeah. to see like Tiger be a part of that, you know, as a vice captain. I'm sure he would be, would have been if he was healthy enough to move around the course. But yeah, I mean, I think they were. I mean, you had you had players that I think you're not that interested in watching that became like players that you couldn't stop watching, like Scotty Scheffler. Right. Like it was like, dude, put the camera on this guy. I want to watch him beat down John Rom. You had right. Daniel Berger who was just playing great, you know, pairing up with BK. Um, Bryson was just killing it all week, having fun, working with the crowd, you know, doing his thing. A lot of it came together for him. So it was, yeah, buying all day. Yeah, I'm buying as well. I mean, 19 points, dude. That's what it was, right? Final? Yeah. 19 yeah, or 19, 19 and a half? 19 to 9. I can't remember. I it Either way, I know it, 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 it's, the, it's the record for most points ever put together by a team. So I think if you're going by stats – yeah, it's the greatest team ever put together. I, I I don't see 
right now any year it's PNT and beating them, especially mm-hmm. with with the age on their side. And even I, I, you know, I'm not really sure on the on the younger side of things who they're going to bring in um, or who's going to who's going to earn their spot on that team. But I just like as for right now, I think you could still put that same team together next year. And they're all going to be healthy and, you know, substitute a guy or two. They're still going to be a stacked team. You know, it is obviously difficult that, you know, it's not like the Phil Tiger Ryder Cup team, you know, and and a lot of people will say, you know, well, the greatest player of all time needs to be on the greatest Ryder Cup team of all time. But I disagree. I think it's. I mean, listen, I think putting them in a coaching capacity is is fine enough. They're they're, they're they're part of of that team, you know, but one thing that kept being mentioned on and off camera, I heard a lot of people saying um, when we were at the beginning in foundation, like Ian Baker, Baker Fitch was talking about this a bunch of times too. It's just like the U S team had zero scar tissue. Yeah. You know, you've got a few people who maybe been a part of like one loss, you know, but not a lot of them were on the Medina meltdown. Um, you yeah. know, it's like, cause like Medina was something that crept into my head on Sunday. I was like, you know, this would be even a bigger meltdown than Medina, but it, could yeah. it happen? You know, absolutely. Momentum, yeah. When momentum shifts, pressure starts mounting on some of these guys, and you know, you never know. But um, no scar tissue. I mean, Patrick Cantlay yeah. came out and in, in an interview and just said, "Listen, when we were talking Saturday night and Sunday morning, like our whole mission was to step on their throat and just yeah. kill them." You know, yeah. and they did. Yeah, I mean, they never that scoreboard on Sunday, man. It's like all red. Yeah, they never took their foot off the gas. Okay, well, next question: Buy or sell? USA goes back to back. Will they win in Rome? Yeah, I'm going to buy for sure. I just don't think that – I don't think there's enough time between now and then that the European team's going to, like, build their team up to where it's going to be, like, as, str- as strong as a field. I think the time after this next one could be a different story because you're still going to have, you know, Rom and Victor Hovland and you're going to have Rory still part of things. And, you know, at that point, you know, Sergio is going to be kind of maybe where, like, Ali Westwood is now in his career type of thing. Um but there's going to be a good opportunity where you have a lot of players that are coming into their own and the sport is growing, you know, in a lot of countries. So hopefully if they continue to, to, to grow the sport and more and more guys just keep making a name for themselves for sure. But yeah, dude, like you said it yourself in the last question is like this year, this U S team, I don't think there's going to be a much shift in the top, the 12 players, but let's just say there's three different players that come into the fold. Think about the players that, almost made it yeah i mean and then think about the ones that were like like think about like a ricky fowler even too like he fell off the face of the earth and rankings and stuff like that but like i wouldn't be shocked put him in the cup yeah Yeah. i wouldn't be shocked if ricky won like two times this year or like you know like finally gets over the hump and wins a major or you know something happens and it's like put ricky on the team or you know sam burns just won again you know, it's like he's a yeah. guy who was just right outside of the rankings to just get qualified for it. So yeah, I would love to see like a Burns a Burns Burger squad yeah. just go out there yeah. and tear it up. That'd be awesome. But yeah, I mean, you know, we've got guys waiting to get in, and and it's going to be very competitive to get onto that team. And I think that just puts us in a really good spot. I'm buying as well. I think they they win in Rome. I think the momentum just continues. I think they're going to go to Europe, and it's going to be a very different feel coming yeah. off of such a dominant win for the European team. Like they're going to be feeling the pressure for sure. So they need to win on their soil. Like, I don't know when the last time that happened was, but that's where it'll be like, okay, tides have for sure turned and we're, we're dominating now. And so hopefully that happens. I just don't see how it doesn't. Um, 
but you never know, man. Lots can happen in golf week to week, let alone in two years. So we'll just right. have to wait and see. So, all right, let's uh let's shift to Bryson here. Obviously, a great performance from him, and we talked about how the crowds loved him and um, how he loved the crowds, and we we got to see. I think I think I got to see the real Bryson come out. Obviously, I've been friends with him for a while, and I've 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 spent some time with him on a personal level. And I saw Bryson just kind of being himself and being comfortable in his own skin for the first time, really, which mm -hmm. was awesome. And uh, I think it opened a lot of eyes. So with that buy or sell has Bryson won over his critics. Yeah, I, I would say, I would say buy. Um, I've saw a lot of that in the comments on social media. Um, I saw it was hard for people to hate on him. You know, I think that, yeah traditionally he'd say something that would you know people would be like oh dude why'd you say this or that you know and it was like he didn't have any of those slip-ups and even when he said stuff that was like overly confident people loved it because they were rooting yeah. for the team for the country and then ultimately for bryson and and then he delivered you know like when he was talking about driving greens or bombing some down some fairways on par fives he delivered i mean he had that i don't know what hole it was but he was only 70 yards out on a par five and it showed yeah. the shot tracer of the other guys Fifth in the hole. group. And then he made an eagle. Like, and, you know, him and I have had this, like, thing where, like, we're slowly coming back, okay? Like, we're going to hug it out soon, I think. But he he reached out. We talked for a minute. And then we've had some uh, some social media interactions since then. He actually shared one of I my stories on happen. his page. So that I was a good it. step in the right direction. But he started commenting on the posts, like, on that post, he said, I'm just glad I didn't make par, you know, but he made the Eagle. He drove the first green, made the Eagle. I mean, dude, the guy was electric and that's exactly what he's been working for. You know, it's, it's just like, we're talking about the trick shot show, like, you know, working hard and, you know, going through all that stuff. And then when ultimately you get on to a big stage and you perform, that's what you do it for. And he did, I mean, dude, he's worked his ass off for the last couple of years, building up his, his body and his swing speed and, fuck biggest stage in golf the Ryder cup and just yeah. delivers immensely and he worked the crowd so yeah I, I think he did i think that there's a lot of people i think that probably still don't maybe like him you know or like his style of play but they respect him you know yeah and i think yeah. that's ultimately what bryson probably deserves is you know listen you should probably have your following and your fans and people who are just like super engaged in everything you're doing with the sport and trying to evolve all these different aspects of the game, but you should have ultimately majority of the golf community respect you for your talent, the work that you're putting into it. And I think that's where he's at right now. So hopefully he can just continue to maintain that. And he's got, I mean, a long career ahead of him of a lot of success. So hopefully he can just keep his head down and keep doing those, those things that are just going to keep the golf community close to him. Yeah, definitely. Well said. I mean, I'm buying as well. I think he definitely won over a lot of critics. There's still going to be those couple assholes out there that just have, have a bone to pick for whatever reason. They got their, mm -hmm. their a stick in their ass, and that's fine. You know, I put out a, a story um, the other day. I was like, how could you not love this guy? And it was just Bryson coming off of a, a big putt. And, you know, I, I got some great feedback, but then, you know, I get a couple of those messages where it's people still kind of talking some shit and, you know, having their, their negative opinion. But I, I don't think that 
um, you're going to be able to fix that for everybody. And that's yeah. fine. I think Bryson's on, on a really good track right now. And I think if he just continues, like you said, I mean, um, sky's the limit for him. And I think he's going to be, um, a legend in the sport. I, I really think he will be, I mean, a hall, future hall of famer for sure. And, um, yeah, man, I, I love the guy. I, I think he's great for the game of golf. I love that he's pushing the boundaries and, um, doing things different and, you know, I, I feel like golf is such a tough game um, to break out of the mold, you know, and to do things differently. There's not a lot of room for that. Mm-hmm. And especially with, with its history and um, with the way people think the game should be played. And just to see a guy pushing the envelope so far, I, I think it's if, if you don't love his personality, personality, at the very least, you got to respect him for what he's doing mm-hmm. um, for sure. So, yeah, big, big Bryson guy. I mean, the dude was unreal. <laughs> The dude yeah. was unreal. I mean, hitting bombs and, and, and making putts. All the long drive guys, obviously, uh, this next question will lead into long drive a little bit, but the long drive guys uh, have this thing where if you drive the if you drive a par four, you have to three putt and make a par. That's a that's <laughs> that's that's the rule for for yeah. a, a professional long driver apparently. So they were busting his balls during the long drive event. And with that, we'll lead into the next question. Bryson did compete in his first ever long drive championship in Mesquite. Nevada, which, um, you know, they say is the home of, of long drive. So it's really great that he got to make his debut there. And, um, you had the fastest guys in the world there. You had, uh, Kyle Berkshire, Martin Borkmeyer, um, Justin James, you know, Josh Cassidy. I mean, the, the biggest names in the sport were there and, mm-hmm. um, walks in Bryson DeChambeau. And I, I will, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about long drive here in a second, but we'll just jump into the question. But, Bryson performed very well, as I knew he would. Um, so with that, Bryson, Shambo, buy or sell? Will he ever win a long drive championship? Man, it's it's tough because he's like stacked against the goat. Man, Kyle Berkshire is just insanely fast, and I don't think yeah. I mean he's so young and like nimble that I don't see him going anywhere anytime soon. Um, but you never know. Right. There's always these guys swing so fast and stuff, freaky stuff can happen where there's injuries and, and whatever, but where Bryson, where Bryson has an advantage is he's such a straight hitter. You know, he's, he's got more control over his golf ball. Um, you know, I followed this event closer than I followed any others. Like Bobby <laughs> was one of our close friends. He was on the mic calling these shots. And so I was wanting to watch and tune in on what, see what he was doing. Obviously Bryson, caught my interest and I've known met Kyle and got to know him personally over the last year. So you want to follow him and see if he can defend his, his title and all that. And it Bryson, when the wind was in their face, I felt like it was for sure at his advantage. Yes. Like, and you saw him hold his own against all these guys. Mm-hmm. And, but dude, like he surprised me. I mean, adrenaline was there and like, dude, when he, he was nutting these balls. Like, dude, I mean, it was just insane to see him performing the way he was. So I, I, I'm going to say bye if he keeps up with it, you know, it's okay. like, where's he going with this? How much faster can he get? I think he genuinely enjoyed his time there from everything I've heard behind the scenes. Um, I think that he liked being part of something from the ground up and I think he's going to enjoy the experience of help revive this, this sport, if you will, because it really kind of fell on hard times these last couple of years. So 
we'll see. I, I I don't think there's any question about it that he'll be heavily involved in it next year. And I can see, yeah, you can see next year is going to be probably well, it's going to be well put together. Like this year, it was all streaming on YouTube yeah. and all that stuff. Like that's not going to be the case next year. I think it's going to be a big time event. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say that if he keeps up with it, I'm gonna buy. But if, if I think this is something that he could probably be short lived in and just kind of step away and maybe be part of it behind the scenes type of thing as more of like yeah. an investment because Bryson's a smart guy and I, th- I can see him being a part of it in that capacity. But dude, if he just the fact that he competed and was in the top eight is just out of this world. Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, I I want to buy, um, but I'm probably gonna sell. sell! Just uh, because of the point you made, if, if it's if it's not something he's going to really stick with and 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 you know maintain, because you know these guys train daily all they do. for this yeah. stuff, and you know Bryson has a lot on his plate. So for that sense, I'm going to sell. But the only reason I would buy is because I if it was something that he stuck with and he put his focus into it, he totally could. He mm-hmm. flights the ball so well. Um, like you said, when wind is in the face, Bryson has the ability to flight the ball. And some of the best long drivers in the world, they have that as well. Mm-hmm. um but but i would say bryson's a, a step ahead there and you know with with the golf balls they're using bobby bradley even said this you know they some of them say that 212 is pretty much like the perfect ball speed that's the most you're going to get out of the ball so if you can put on a good flight on 212 uh speed and keep it in the grid and 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 you know also maintain a good spin rate and may, try to get some roll a lot of those guys weren't getting any roll mm-hmm. um he could do it, man. I mean, he really could. On the first day, they were downwind, and he had the third longest drive. I think it was uh, Kyle had the longest. It was like 430-something. And then Cassidy hit one like 423 or something like that. And I think Bryson had one that was like four, it was either 414 or 417, something like that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, I mean, that's downwind. And Bryson's just throwing out this big high cut. But then when the wind was in the face, I mean – he was he he took down Martin Borgmeier. Martin Borgmeier yeah. is in, is he set the the ball speed record, you know, and that that's just so it's so damn impressive. And I I'm I like to I'd like to think beyond just the long drive and what it's going to do for other players, you know, um, that are they're on tour. And I think that you know everyone's seen Bryson with this speed and what he's doing on the golf course, but then to see him actually go out there on a long drive tournament and actually compete. And, you know, this guy was small. He was small. Like look at Bryson five years ago. The dude was not a oh, specimen. Yeah. Someone had posted a picture of him side by side of his old self. And it was like, Hey, he looked like Gumby. And it's yeah. like, it, and it's like, okay, what, what's that going to do for the rest of the players in the world right now? Even the young players that are coming up, like, what, how is this going to change the game? Cause you got to think it is. And, you know, obviously for long drive, it's going to do a, a amazing things. I think he totally revived the sport just by being there and by doing well. Mm-hmm. And yep. um, so it's going to be interesting, but you know, on, on the next episode, we're going to talk a little bit more about long drive and um, we'll talk about, you know, Bryson's presence a little bit and we're going to get some, uh, some guys on here, a couple cool guests. I, I'd love to get Bobby Bradley on here. Maybe Kyle Berkshire, if he would bless us with his presence, that would, uh, mm-hmm. that would be awesome i mean i i've never i watched one long drive event back in the day um when tim burke was was killing it and i was always a, a tim burke fan when it came to long drive yeah and um you know but this one i i even though it was it was put together like shit but i mean obviously it is it's a sport trying to be revived at least they got something put together yeah um i was i was 
I was stuck on it, man. I, I loved it. It was great to see. So, I mean, we're definitely going to dive into it. We'll, we'll film another episode here real quickly this week and, and fire off two back to back, but we got to get more of the story and behind the scenes with everything with, with the revival of, of long drive, the, the great showing the sport had obviously Bryson coming into the fold a little bit behind the scenes conversation about, you know, Bryson's time there and his interaction with some of the players. It seemed like he like took the time to get to know a lot of these guys and um, be real a, a part of the event, which is cool. I think if he came in there and was just like, Hey, I'm a dick. I'm number whatever player in the world. And I'm, you know, just got off the plane from the Ryder cup and I'm just here to like help my personal image and hit balls. I'm out of here that's not what I saw. And that's not what I heard. I heard that he was right. like cutting it up with everybody, getting to know them personally, having fun, learning from others. Um, Cause there's a lot that he can learn from just these guys and maybe even share some of the stuff that he's learned and developed over his last year's journey. But yeah, I'm excited to learn more about it. And I'm sure a lot of other people are, so we'll fire off that pod and get down and dirty and just make it kind of all about the world long drive championship and yeah, and see what's going on. So sweet. But yeah. Yeah, that was a we got a lot of catching up to do, but we'll uh, we got some some more fun stuff coming up here, you know, in the next couple of weeks, a couple of uh, big tournaments from the tour, some of which that we may be at. So we'll keep you posted there and uh, we'll get this next episode fired up about uh, World Long Drive. So good times as always, coach. Had a blast, man. I got to I got to go be dad. I got to go pick up the little man from school. So, you know, a little afternoon pod. I love, I love it. There, so. there we go. There we go. Not morning. Pleasure. Not too late. This is the yeah. first middle of the day one. I, I perform better after 11 a.m. <laughs> All right. All right, man. <laughs> Until next time. Thanks, everybody.